The best pace is a suicide pace, and today looks like a good day to die. Steve Prefontaine. I need some motivation. motivation Every day I try a little harder But my dedication, uh, dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water Trying myself and I yell at the wall Begging to run but I needed to crawl I see the finish line up ahead Trying to get traction from all of this tread I am a king Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader I'm Jeremiah Solvin and I'm your host And listen, if you guys are new to the show This is a really... We put a lot into this thing, man. You know, we put a lot of work into this. We prepare, we plan, we prepare, and we execute, and we strive to make every single episode better. And the overall goal is to make you a better leader. All right, there's, if you look around to your left and to your right, the world is full of just absolute poor leadership. And how many times have you looked around and you just, you you just complained, but you didn't actually do anything about it? Well, that's not what we're about. You know, we, we as a community, and when I say we, I mean you, me, um, the listener, every listener that tunes into this podcast and anybody that's connected to me, we're connected because we choose to make a difference. And that's what this podcast is about. It's designed to help you with leadership strategies, mindset strategies. It's designed to help you with just overall success so that you and your team can succeed. And when I say team, I'm, I, that, that applies to your family, your friends, your coworkers, it applies to every single person that's around you. We want not just to raise you up, we want to raise all of them up and make this entire planet a better place to live. So what I'm going to strive to do is I'm going to strive to give you practical and tactical information that can change your life and change the lives of others. And in return for that, I'm going to ask that you share the show. I'm going to ask that you share it with a friend, send it, put it in your Facebook, put it in your, you know, your Instagram story, text it to somebody, um, and and do that only when we do a good job, okay? I don't want you to send it if we don't do a good job. That's not fair. I don't feel like that's a fair trade. But if I make you laugh, if I make you learn, if I I help improve the quality of your life, do me that solid and send it over to a friend that you think would appreciate the episode as well, all right? That's all that I ask. I'm really excited for today's uh, show, everybody. You know, if, if you are unfamiliar with me and my story, I went from a small town, you know, hunting bears to enlisted soldier, to infantry officer, to ranger, to entrepreneur. And now I'm out holding leadership mindset and success workshops and just trying to make the world a better place. And so this is a a platform where I can spread that message and make those around me better. So um, that's a little bit of the backstory. and, And for today, I'm really, really excited about today's topic. Because what we're going to do is we're going to shed light on a, on, a, on a subject that can completely cause a breakthrough in your life. Okay, at least it did for me. This is probably going to be one of the most important episodes that we've ever done. Okay, because perspective, perspective is really, really is everything and awareness really is everything. What I mean by that is that when you're aware of how to do something, you can go out and do it. And I think that a lot of times in life, the reason why people don't succeed is simply because they aren't aware. At least that was the case for me. There's a time in my life where I wasn't the best performer. There's a time in my life where I was a poor performer. And until I got around, I continued to be that way until I got around people that led by example and showed me what 
high performance and what winning looked like. And through their example, I was able to change myself and cause a breakthrough. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the subject of A players, B players, and C players. And we're going to break down strategies and tactics that can help you elevate from the bottom, which is a C player, to the top as an A player. So I'm really, really fired up to dive into today's subject. But before I do, I'm joined by my co-host, just in time. Oh, I got nothing. Nah, I won't go that route. It's the pod father, Justin Phillips. What's up, dude? We are sticking with the pod father this week. I'm doing great, man. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff going on lately. Feels good to be kind of been back in the saddle, so to speak, just doing a lot of a lot of shit, trying to plan trips and not get my, you know, not get put to sleep during jujitsu lessons and stuff. So that's where we're at. Yeah, what are some of your wins, dude? Um. So, well, that's a really good question. I guess I have a lot of stuff in the works right now, which is what's kind of weird. And um, just more more projects in my business have been coming up and kind of landing some uh, bigger names around my area, so to speak, have just kind of found me as a videographer. And I've been getting put in front of a lot more people and meeting a lot more of the uh, the higher level people in my area. And I'd say that's overall my biggest win you know, subdivided into smaller wins lately is meeting some of these folks. Why do you think it is that they, uh, that you're getting pulled into these higher, higher tiers and these higher groups, these better people? Because I fucking keep doing this shit and I've been doing it for a few years now and people are like, oh, he's serious. And, uh, and people like that, you know, people, people don't like the guy that's constantly badgering them about how they're going to start doing something and then it never actually starts. But, Oof. you know, they, they they look for the guy that that has already been doing it for a little while, even if it wasn't that good or the uh, you know circumstances are, haven't been perfect up to this point. And and you know what too is it's because a lot of these people, the theme that's been coming up is they're reaching out saying that they can kind of see what I'm trying to go for. They can see that I have some sort of clarity right now and what my uh, short term goals are actually. You know, in terms of like, do I want to get out of my day job? Blah blah blah. And, and they want to help. These higher performers usually want to help. Yep. But when you're at that level, you have to be able, you have to get pretty good at picking out, you know, who's already trying to help themselves is usually who you who you go and give them a little bit of an extra push as opposed to the re- people that are just kind of like sticking their hand out, you know, like kind of like the, I think like the beggars in the Walmart parking lot and stuff that you're just like, are they even, you know, or is that just a facade? What is that? Yeah. Like which one of those are actually quality people that are just in a tough spot and which one of those are low quality people that will never make a change. You know, the thing that really stood out to, to me that you said was that, um, you built a, you've built a reputation that people are gravitating towards. You've built a reputation that people respect and that's generating a lot of business for you. And not only did you say that, but you said that the cust- the um, the people that are working with you, the customers, they don't want the people that are inconsistent, the people that don't fulfill their obligations, the people that find the easy way out and really what you described was C players and B players. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're looking for somebody that shows up, performs, and executes at a high level. So it's a really good segue into our topic. And I think I want to just recap on that one point, though, about your reputation. I did a tweet not too long ago. I said, 
something along the lines of like that your reputation will make you more money than any form of marketing. Mm-hmm. And it is so true, man, because your reputation, it compounds and it expands. Like who you are as a person, everybody that interacts with you is going to potentially tell a story about you. You know, and I think people forget that. They just look at the one interaction at face value and they forget that as that person works with you, they're going to go away and they're either going to be not impressed or impressed and they're going to walk away and they're going to share their experience with somebody else more than likely just because that's how humans are. That's what they do. And so you have to ask, you know, like, are you setting a good reputation for yourself that's braggable, that's worth echoing down the lines? And it takes some time for uh, the... I don't want to say the result, but it takes some time for the um, feedback of that to come to you. You know, it won't be for like, I was actually working with a guy on some marketing recently and he's doing some uh, outreach for me for leads and stuff like that. And he's representing me and my brand. And I said, hey, just remember this as you're working with me. I say, you're either building a relationship or you're breaking one. Okay. You're either pushing somebody away or you're pulling them in. Every time you talk to somebody on my behalf, that's what you're doing. You're either pulling them in or you're pushing away. And you might get a little bit of traction. You might be able to convert these people to whatever it is, our email list or whatever. But in about three, four months down the line, you're going to feel, if you're doing it in a bad way, you're going to feel the effects of it. You're going to develop a reputation that comes back to you. Somebody's going to reach out through word of mouth and say, hey, man, like, X, Y, and Z from this, right? So really good point that you just made um, about building a reputation for yourself and establishing yourself in your marketplace. I think a lot of people could learn from. There's a lot to that right there. Yeah, I mean, you you reap what you sow, right? And I think I'm just starting to see a little bit of my first harvest is what it comes down to. You know, all this shit I've been banging my head against the wall with since I was a sophomore in college showing like, like, Hey, I don't care if anyone listens to this podcast, I'm going to do it for a fucking year. You know, that's the thing that still comes up a lot. And it came up with you when we started doing this podcast too. It's like, you know, there comes a point where people don't care about the pretty vain metrics as much anymore, but it's almost impressive. They're like, Oh, you kept doing it anyway, you know, in spite of all that. So, yeah. You know, the thing that I look for in others is I look for that consistency. We talked about that before, but I also look for their desire for improvement you know, if I get around somebody that can put in the work, but they don't ever improve, I, I look at that person. I'm like, okay, you're just here temporarily, or I need to find somebody else. I'm, I want to be surrounded by people that are obsessed with growth and they want to, they treat their profession seriously. Like I just have an affinity towards that and I love it. Um, I don't want to surround myself with those other type of people. And that's how A players are, you know, A players, they, they seek out people that are growth-seeking individuals. I was actually just talking to my wife about this subject. Um, when you're around an A player, A players love it when other A players come along because it challenges them. <laughs> they love it, man. It's like they love people that make them feel like they have to pick up the pace, you know? Yeah. And um, that's what it's like being around somebody else that is hungry for growth like yourself. So I'm really excited that you got that win, man, really, and that it's compounding well-deserved. Yeah. Thanks. And I, and you're, you're so right too. I think also I would say a players, it's just nice being around people that are a little bit ahead of you. That's such a sign of like, you're saying the people that want to grow are the people to 
tie it back to jujitsu like we've been doing with everything for people that don't train jujitsu you don't realize how much nicer it is as a brand new white belt to roll with a blue belt or a purple belt than it is to roll with another white belt <laughs> because that can i mean it can be okay too but it's like it's freaking annoying i'm starting i got that very literally for the first time yesterday i was in class yeah. with my first like like oh i just started two weeks ago but i wrestled in high school yeah like yeah, okay yeah. bro well i get it you're twice my size and we're both brand new and you wrestled in high school so i i will just lay with your body on my neck for the next 20 minutes and get absolutely nothing out of it um but the, but then the guy that signed me up for the classes he's a blue belt now that he works there um and you know and he came over and rolled with me and that was the first time i ever got to even do like a flow roll that wasn't just someone like trying to kill me because they saw like fresh meat on the mat yeah and and that was super great and i so i think that draws out too is when you're seeking those people whether it's at your job or whatever you know, people that are above you generally want to help you and they're going to have a better sense of how to help you because they were you, you know, and they have a better understanding of what you know and what's going to help you get up to that next level. Yeah. Really good stuff, man. Um, and really good points about what, what being around the right people can do for you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys are listening in today, I want you to ask yourself a question. Okay. I want to, I want you to ask yourself, which of these do you feel like you are? Which of these do you identify as? Do you identify as an A player? Do you identify as a B player? Or do you identify as a C player? Okay, because this question right here, I have found, I'm going to pause actually for a second while you guys think about your answer. I don't want to take your thought away. So just think about it. Are you an A player, B player, or C player? I'll just pause for a quick second. Okay. I asked this question because I think it's important for those people that are out there that want more from themselves and the people that want to achieve at a higher level, the people that are seeking growth, but maybe their, maybe their results right now aren't extraordinary maybe they're got maybe they have maybe they have ordinary results that question will tell you help you see where you think you're at and this conversation is going to help you go to where you want to actually go okay meaning i think that a lot of people have a uh, misconception of what an a player is a b player is and a c player okay this is such a, an important subject it is so important because the world is full of C and B players. And that's why we're in the situation that we're in. Okay? I had this conversation with a handful of people over the last, you know, week to two weeks. And I talked to my team about it. I talked to some of my family, my friends about it. And I asked them the same question. I said, what do you identify with? Are you an A player, B player, or C player? And many of them, they were a little bit stumped at first. And then a lot of them... And even outside of the people that I talk to in my friends and family circle, a lot of people associate themselves with the A player. They say, oh man, I'm an A player. And uh, I said, okay, well, tell me what an A player is. And we start diving into it, and the bar was really, really low. Okay? The, the, what, the response that they gave me, I realized like, that what they perceived as fast, what they perceived as doing a good job 
was actually a pretty low standard. It was a pretty average standard. So what happens when you think that excellence, what happens when you think that extraordinary is at an ordinary level? Well, your effort is going to be just below that ordinary level, which means you're below ordinary in most people's eyes, right? And that's a problem because the intention is there. The intention is I want to be an A player. The only thing that's limiting me is my perspective. I'm not pacing myself accordingly because I'm looking at the wrong marker. Okay, and I know this firsthand and we'll get into some of that. But Justin, I want to have a conversation about this today. I want to talk about A players, B players, and C players and really break this down for people so that they can choose to change and they have a clear mark about what an A player actually is because I didn't know what it was when I was younger. And if I did, I would have grew a lot faster and I would have picked up the pace and got extraordinary results early on versus later. So that's what I want to talk about next, dude. What did you, what did you think it was when you were younger? So... For um, To draw the contrast, where I'm at now is a completely different place than where I used to be, right? So, I hope so. Here, Yeah, but <laughs> in terms of growth and even just trying, like I've always had work ethic where I was like trying, right? Like mm-hmm. in high school, I'm that type of kid. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to show up. I'm not going to take too many days off. Maybe I ditch a class here and there. And then I'm not really going to study super hard for the test, but I'm going to do my homework on time. And I'm going to be like, you know, a 3.0-ish type of student, right? That was my kind of like mentality. Um, I never really had a desire to get all A's. I never had a desire to pass all my tests. And I, well, I would say I wanted to, I wanted to do well, but I just didn't really have the habits and the rituals to get to that level of standard. And to be honest, I didn't really, you know, the standard for me in my household that was set was... You know, my father used to always tell me, uh, get, get A's and B's, Jeremiah, get A's and B's, <laughs> right? He's like, you get the A's and B's. He's like, then you go on, you can do the next thing. You can go to school, you can go do this, you can go get a job, you, you know, that'll set you up for success. Get the A's and the B's. And that's what I did. You know, I listened to him and I got it. And um, that was still, that was way more than he had accomplished in his youth. You know, he, he was a person that, um, I won't go into a whole lot of him, but my dad is a, is a, has a great story of growth. You know, he got his, his GED later into his, um, into his forties and then he continued to go on and continue to educate himself and get better and better jobs. And he just, both of my parents have done an extraordinary job of growth over their years. So anyways, telling me to get A's and B's for him was a high achievement. It really was right. Cause you know, obviously, but my point being is that's where I was and that's where I grew up. And then when I got into the, the, into college, I was, you know, same type of mentality, got into the military after I dropped out of college and I was a middle of the pack type of person. I didn't want to be seen. I just want to kind of be invisible and do my thing. And, um, then all of a sudden something happened and I got this burning desire inside of me to be great. And I started searching for what is greatness? What does it actually look like? And I got hungry for the special operations community and the 75th Ranger Regiment. And then that kept going even into entrepreneurship. And now my path right now is on pursuing personal greatness. You know, that's really what I'm after. I'm, I'm after expanding my potential. And I say that very specifically, like meaning when you expand your potential, you, it, the idea is that you have an idea of what your potential is. You get there 
And you realize that that was just an invisible ceiling you were putting on yourself, and then it expands. It grows. My whole purpose in life is to expand my potential to, and then, you know, to realize it. So um, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, prime example of somebody that went from C player to A player, man. But it's, it's all a personal choice to make the switch, and everybody can do it. So that's what it was like for me when I first started out. Oh gosh, there's a lot to unpack in all of that. Um, let's start. Let's start where you started. Uh, people that aim for B's and C's, I'm gonna call it. You know, whether that be literal in school and what what you say, you were kind of like that, which kind of surprises me a little bit. Where do you think that that really comes from? Like, what is the point of ever being like? of basically just aiming for the bar even if that is that is that a safe place for people that's the only thing i can think of or might be it's like people might feel safe they're like oh i'll get by i'll do good enough yeah i'm well i think it depends on the person but i think that most people have the intention to do what's required and i think that in society the problem is that we don't hold each other to high expectations okay Mm -hmm. When I think of an A player, B player, and C player, this is how I think it's spread across society. If you think of a bell curve, it's a great example. Okay, mm-hmm. Maybe at the front end of the bell curve, you have 10% of the population, and those are A players. And then you have the masses, that's the meat of the bell, and that mm-hmm. makes up probably 80%. And then the back end, you have the back 10%. Okay, So society in general is made up of B players. And it's, it's unfortunate because we don't have a, it could be easily shifted by raising the standard and raising the expectation for everybody. Okay. So you ask, why do people perform at the levels they perform? Well, I think that people rise to the level of standards that are set for them. Okay. And then some of you, there's obviously there's some distribution there, uh, and some deviation, you know, not everybody's going to hit the exact same mark but they're going to perceive the expectation and then strive to get there. And then there's going to be a little bit of a spread based off their personality and their desires and all those sort of things. So, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. I think that, that people do what's required of them, um, which is almost like a lighter way of saying that it's out of laziness. You know, people try to get to the, the maximum point that they can and still be as lazy as possible. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people that balance that because that's where, that's where comfort comes into it as well. If you wanted to start kind of talking more about people's backgrounds or socioeconomic status and stuff like that too, you find the people that just kind of settle in when they don't have anything to worry about. They don't have to worry about where the next meal is coming from or, you know, where they're going to sleep or if they're going to have shelter, that type of thing. Um, that's something that can usually break people out of those gaps is when they have to, they have to perform. They have no other choice and then they start to really see what they can. But I I think this episode is going to be a whole lot of realizing what getting around other people um, can really do to pull you up to that next level, to pull you from maybe a C player to a B player, if not a B player to an A player. Um, yeah. is just realizing how much better people can do. Because I can think of similar, a lot of similar examples of that happening yeah. in my life, actually, um, all the way around in terms of my grades when I was in school, in terms of my physical fitness, in terms of just everything I've ever done, just realizing someone is better than you at it. Yeah. Works wonders, especially yeah, when you're competitive. 
I think that, and I always, I think we should also kind of clarify some things too about what is an A player, what is a B player, and a C player. Because just because um, you didn't do well in school doesn't mean you're not an A player either. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's some very specific nuances that go along with each level of person. The most important first point that we can make as we dive into this subject is the person that's listening. They have to decide what type of player that they want to be. Okay, do you want to, in life, do you want to be a C player? Do you want to be a B player? Or do you want to be an A player? Okay. How many people How many people are going to answer that just by saying A player, though? And that's fine. If, that, if, that's, you know, if that's what's inside of them, I encourage them to say it. Okay, but understand that it takes a lot of work to be an A player. Okay, and here's, here's what I'll tell you right now. Pick an area of your life... And you can tell exactly what type of player you are in that area. Okay? All you have to do is look at your results. Because A players get A player results. That's the straight honest truth. Now you can go through a transformative experience. You can go through a transformative time where you switch from C player to B player and you start behaving like an A player or, and then you get to a, that A player level. That can happen. But you're not an A player until you're getting A player results. Okay, it's you don't just it's not a freaking situation. It's not a situation where you get a ribbon just for attending the event. You know, like there's no there's no hand handouts. There's no entitlement at the A player level. You got to work for it. You got to. And when I say work, it doesn't always have to be crazy hours of being busy. It means you got to be efficient and effective and you got to be consistent and you got to constantly pursue the next level. And then through that work you can become the a player and that's exactly how i did it and now an a player knows if they're an a player at their soul okay and in fact what will happen in this conversation that we're having right now it's probably going to trigger some people because i'm gonna when i speak direct and i speak with this type of aggression right and i speak with this type of conviction a c player starts looking listening and they start saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. Screw this guy. Mm-hmm. They get triggered big time. An A player that listens to me talk like this, they get fired up, man. They say, you know what? He's not talking about. They don't even think he's not talking about me when he says A player. He's talking to me about A players. I'm inspired. Yeah, I don't want to be a B and C player. Give me the information so I can hit the next level. They get fired up for They don't get triggered. And a B player is kind of probably waffling. They're kind of like, ah. I'm not really sure. I want to be an A player. Uh, okay. So the most important thing as we kick this off is you got to decide. And you can change your mind later after we get some clarity around it. But I but I think everybody has a, an A player inside of them. Everybody can be an A player. But where you're at right now, take your take your work, for example. Where are you on the bell curve? Are you setting the pace? Or are you the status quo? Because that's what you are at your work. Okay? But you can change it through decision. You can change it through decision. You can change it through having a clear picture of what the next level does so that you can become them. For someone's going to be struggling with wanting to be an A player. Um, Because when you mention work, what my mind goes to is that a lot of people don't like what they do. And that's a good reason to not want to strive to be the best 
at what it is for a lot of, well, it's a valid reason, I guess, maybe not a good one, but you know, th that's going to be the reason at the end of the day. Well, like Jeremiah, I don't want to be an A player at work because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a janitor at my, my grocery store, you know, or because I'm doing this, that, and the other. So where do you dig in with those people to help them kind of start building A player habits um, yeah. right now and also probably start to pivot into more fulfilling whatever for them to do. Yeah. So here's some things about an A player, guys and gals. A players are going to demand the most out of themselves in every aspect of life. They might not, you might not have the results. You might not have A player results in every aspect of your life. But as soon as you make the decision to become an A player, that person tries to improve and fix every area of their life. Okay. So, I, I'll let me share a little bit of a story here and then we'll dive into some more specifics and strategies. When I first came into the military, I told you guys about how I was in high school and college and during my initial entry, how I was kind of an invisible type of person. I used to do the 12 mile ruck march when I first came in. I would wear a 45 pound ruck, maybe even closer to 50 pounds with water on it. And I would go do 12 miles and I was wearing green camo uniform and black leather type boots. It was before the army had all this uh, new age camouflage, right? And I would do the 12 mile ruck march and I would come in right around four hours. Okay. Which to put this into perspective, the infantry standard is three hours. So I was in a support MLS. I was in an engineer type job and the army standard was that I needed to do it under four. Okay. And I would do it and I would just basically do what everybody else was doing and just try to blend in, go at the pace that everybody else was going at, and then come in and not get cut off, like not come in later than the four-hour mark. By the time, my fastest time on the 12-mile ruck march was one hour and 57 minutes. So I went from four hours to one hour and 57 minutes. I went from being middle of the pack, barely passing, to being leading the pack and being one of the top people in most of the times when I did the 12-mile ruck. One hour and 57 minutes is basically running, jogging the whole thing. Mm. Okay, if you think you're doing a 10-minute mile, that's 120 minutes So for the 12 miles. S something that you do all the time... <laughs> Um, and this is a good point that you're getting at is that a lot of people have these A player standards in their head, right? Like people that do this are like A players are like the top of the top. Like people that run marathons are like really high performers. And then what happens is that I go around and tell people I have this client that ran a hundred three mile race yeah. at 11,000 feet. And they're like, what the fuck? You know? And if you're not getting that type of reaction from people, I think that's what you're trying to get into is that like no one should no one is really proud of you when you're an A player. They're fucking confused by you <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, they're trying you know, to figure out they are. They're trying to figure out how you did it. 
Right. And then they they start getting crabs in the bucket about it where they're like, you know, well, it must be because of, like take the whole fucking uh, like steroids thing that you see all over the Internet. Yeah. You know, when people, <laughs> you know, like there's no way he's natty. I know you put that on your story today. too, So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rope that into the conversation, you know, but it's, it's that type of thing. Like when you start performing at that next level, like people shouldn't be they maybe they should be. I don't know. But people aren't going to be proud of you for performing like that because it's going to be so out of there. The only people that will be proud of you for performing like that, the other A players. Yeah. You know, they're going to be like, no, fuck yeah, dude, get after a, it. And then they're going to. Go ahead. That, that, I mean, that was it. I was at the end of my point there. But they're, you know, it's just, and then it's going to further, you know, that because A players are generally competitive. I'm going to go ahead and make that yeah. blanket statement across all of them. You know, so you do a 103 mile race, some motherfucker out there hears about that. It's going to do 105 miles and then you're going to have to do 110. Yeah. You know, and that's how that's how these types of things keep going. Someone's got to beat David Goggins pull up record. And then, you know, it, it's just. Yeah. And you're talking going. you're getting into the area of greatness, too, which there's inside of the area of greatness. Obviously, you have to be an A player, but there's there's the A players of A players inside of the A player mm -hmm. community. Right. But the most important thing um, when we talk about A players that we understand is what the barrier to entry is for an A player and you're not when you're not a, a B player, okay? An A player is not somebody that tries real hard. It's not. It's not somebody that puts in a ton of time. It's not, okay? An A player is somebody that, is, that shows up. They're usually early. Sometimes maybe they even show up a little bit late. Sometimes they have some flaws and mistakes. But they show up, they're consistent, and they get the result. They get the result. And they do it over and over and over and over again. They set the pace. So if you're in sales, you're the person that everybody's looking at. Like, how the hell did those guys hit the, that number? Right. And then how did he do it again this month? And how did he do it again this month? And you're looking at him like, maybe he's doing something illegal or he's shady because he's so good. But no, he's just obsessed and he's locked in. So... I see B players that think that they're A players because they clock in early. They, they are checking the block when they're at work. They're putting in, they're like, oh man, I worked freaking, I worked freaking 16 hour days today, man. I worked 18 hour day today, man. You know, I just, I got some overtime and I uh, really put in the work. Like, bro, an A player isn't talking like that. An A player will enjoys. <laughs> actually having some off time and rewarding themselves for putting in the work and getting the result. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, I got the result. They don't need to brag about how much time that they invested into the thing. They just get the damn result. Maybe they close, like if it's sales, they close a handful of deals before everybody else even starts their day. And now they can screw off for the rest of the day. That's a, that's a player shit. Okay. Yeah. So the setting the pace is the best way to describe the a player. It's the front runner. Okay. And in order for me to go from 12, uh, do the 12 mile ruck from four hours down to one hour and 57 minutes, what I had to, I was surrounded by B and C players when I started in the military. Okay. These were people that were running the army two mile in like, you know, 14, 15 minutes plus, And we didn't really do five miles. Okay. They were just, they were just doing the bare minimum requirements. But then when I got into the infantry, I started seeing people running five miles. I started seeing people doing half marathons. I started seeing people doing ultras. I started seeing people pursuing the special operations community 
and they were working on themselves outside of work. You know, this is this is the this is the difference. And then I got around those people and I saw them doing the ruck, the ruck march. The infantry made it so that I couldn't do it in four hours anymore. I had to do it in three hours. So I rose to that standard and I started studying and figuring out how that was done. So the standard changed for me. Mm-hmm. And then I got inside of that community and I realized that there was people that were doing it. I remember I went to air assault school. Um, this was actually when I was an enlisted soldier. So it was before I got in the infantry. And this guy ran 12 miles with his ruck and he did it in like one hour and 40 minutes or something like that. And I was doing like a three and a half hour, 12 mile ruck at the time or something like that. Maybe it was less than that. Maybe it was, maybe it was like 245. Some, I can't remember exactly, but it was in between 245 and no, I know it wasn't slower than two, than 330. I think aerosol, you have to do it under three if I remember right. So it was probably about 245. So anyways, point being is I, that guy, when he did that, it blew my freaking mind. I was like, how the heck? I was like, did he cut a corner? Mm-hmm. Did he like cut the track in half? I was literally thinking that. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. I was in disbelief. And then, because I didn't see it. We, were, we ran the, we did the 12 mile ruck at night. And so he finished and I had heard about it through word of mouth. And I was like, there's no way. And so anyways, I kind of went about my career and then I got into the infantry and I started seeing people doing it in two minutes and, or two hours and 30 minutes and then two hours. And then a couple of guys broke underneath. I could be around a couple of guys that were underneath two hours. And I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And so I set the target and I said, I'm going to do what these guys are doing. Right. And I started, I started running the way that they ran. I started pushing in myself, improving. I changed my workout plan. And then through, it took me a long time, but I eventually got to the spot where I broke two hours. And man, it was one of the most, the proudest days of my life because I had been working on that goal for so long. And uh, right. it just destroyed my, the invisible ceiling I had over my head and made me feel incredible. But I could only get there by seeing A players do what A players do. That's the only way I knew how to get there. Uh, clarify for me, like, how the military works. So are, are you talking about people that you, like, specifically worked with in some sort of capacity? Like, were these people that you talked to on a daily basis or ever? And, like, did you have that level of proximity with them? Or were they just, like, other people? people in the military you were like because what i'm getting at is that i think the proximity thing really makes a difference right when you're right in the same room with that person that's performing at that level versus we see a players all the time like on tv basically you know we see some of the best athletes in the world on tv or we see about them we see documentaries about the navy seals on youtube and stuff like that and it's really easy in those situations to write them off as like superhuman basically like they have something i don't yep. but when you're when you're in that same situation which is probably a lot of what you got out of your example in the military you know and you're you're like you're like i'm breathing the same air as you like you're right there and i'm right here like what the fuck are you doing yeah. that I'm not doing? You know, what role does that play into uh, becoming an A player? Because the problem for a lot of people might be that they are the kind of the top of their food chain in terms of the people that they yeah. have that kind of proximity to. No, so perspective determines your pace. How you perceive your situation determines how fast you go. This is why like when you run out by yourself, you're not as fast as running with a pack because you perceive yourself doing a really good job because you're just out there. The bar is lower. But when you're mm-hmm. with other people and there's a set intention, there's a set standard and you're, you're, you're forced to keep up with them, you can see it and you get more out of yourself in that environment. Okay, um, It plays a huge uh, role, 
seeing seeing A players win and being in proximity to them plays a huge role in your individual performance because again, it, the per, you, when you see it, the bar is automatically raised. Okay, you're like when you're like coming up, you know, and if you think about this, the general status quo is average. They live ordinary lives. So you're going to be exposed to ordinary people doing ordinary things. And that's going to set the bar for you. And you're going to see it and you're going to basically acclimate, if you want to call it that, to that level. And then when that A player gets around you, you're going to be like, holy cow, there's a whole nother level over here. How do I, how do I rise up to that? And you go there. So it plays a big role. Now, I ran into this problem in my transformation and my my change from C player to B to A, I started getting a lot better. I started seeing myself as an A player. And then I got to a spot where I was a brand new infantry officer. I thought I would resonate and say, you know what, I'm an A player. And it was because I looked around and I was beating most people inside of my career, or at least I was in the top 10%, okay, physically, on my evals, everything like that. Um, and I worked hard for that stuff, but my point is, is I got there and I looked around and I was, I got really, really uncomfortable and that was because I was winning. And what I did is I said, shit, dude, you're comparing yourself to these people to your left and to your right. And you're slowing down because you think you're doing good. You're holding your standard that you've created for yourself. You're running the same speed, you're running the same distance, you're running all this stuff is basically you're normalizing your, and I'm just using fitness as an example, but you're normalizing your results. You're getting accustomed to them and letting them and settling into them. And that freaked me out. And I remember the day that it freaked me out when I won my unit's uh, PT test for the officers. I had gotten the highest score and I was, one of my friends came up to me and he was like, hey man, good job, dude, you won it. He was kind of, and honestly, I think I remember at the time he was being kind of passive aggressive about it. Um, but I was like, all right. And, I, and then I, when he said that, I got like triggered. I was like, shit, dude, that's not good, man. Cause I feel like I could have done more. And so anyways, what I ended up doing was I said, I got to stop competing with the people to my left and right. I got to think about the entire military, the entire globe. And I got to think about the most fit person on the entire planet the best infantry officer that exists that's out there. And I got to compete with that guy, a figment of my imagination. And so I started every day when I started going, in, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this, but I just started going into work. I changed my perspective and I started imagining this like super soldier kind of guy. And I'm like, I don't know if he's enlisted. I don't know if he's an officer, but I could picture him in my head. I was like, he probably runs this speed. He probably has these lifts. You know, I had this very clear image of what he could, what he was. And then I went and I competed with that guy every single day in an imaginary fucking la-la like fantasy land, right? I was like almost like delusional about it. But it caused me to show up earlier. It caused me to work harder and, it, and it, it got me more and more results. And then what ended up happening is I got further down my military career and I got into the special operations community and I get to this unit and my, my performance and my results dramatically increased, okay? Mm -hmm. and, I, and tremendously compared to where I was. And then I went out and I looked around and I went and did this, uh, this ruck and I finished the ruck and there was the guy that I had been competing with the entire time. Like he was faster, smarter, better than me in every, every aspect. But here's the thing. 
years before I'd, I had encountered him, he would have dusted me. I mean, to, for context, I probably was running like maybe, and I'm, I know I'm talking a lot about fitness, but it's the most measurable thing that we can address here. I was probably running like 33 minute, five mile or something like that. Right. Which is in between the six and seven minute marker per mile. When I met him, I was running 32 minutes or something like that. Like I was closer to the six minute flat mark and my ruck time was getting better and better. And that might not sound like a big spread, but it's a big difference. It's a really big difference when it comes to running a five mile. Um, 33, 34, actually more like 34 minutes, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. My point is, is that when I met him, I could compete with him. I was within like 10% of his level of performance, all because I changed my perspective those years prior and I started competing with the globe, the world, the army as a whole versus my little pool of people that I was comparing myself to. That changed everything for me as an infantry officer and, and my results as one. Something that comes up in that story, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because this is kind of implied, you didn't really say it, but there, there was a point where you, that part of you that you said before you're obsessive about growth, right? And that point has to come. I think people can get themselves to a certain point by being obsessed about what the other people around them think of them. I think that's that causes a level of growth for some people. It's like, okay, I want to be able to, you know, show off in this way, shape or form. Then you get to the point where you are in your little pond, you know, the most fit or the most attractive in whatever way, basically. And that's where it becomes harder to grow. And you say, you know, you came up with this, with your La La Land, right? You're okay. I have to find this guy that's not actually here. And now I have to compete with him. And, the difference there to me is that you have to want to grow to make up that whole scenario in your head and you have to want to be concerned with your own performance and not just concerned about beating everybody else that's around you yeah well what happened was that i ended up when i started seeing my times go down with the 12 mile ruck march and i started getting more and more little victories and milestones every single human on the face of this planet will become addicted to that process if they give themselves permission to do it in other words, when you start winning, you want to win more. Yeah. There's not a human on this planet that isn't addicted to winning. Right. There's just the people that haven't experienced it in a little while, and they've made a habit of going the other direction towards losing. Mm-hmm. And so they think that winning is not for them. But that's, not, that's bullshit, because we're all capable of doing the same stuff. All you have to do is get that little victory, and when you start doing it and it compounds... Now you're addicted to growth, right? Okay. A, um, when it comes to choosing growth, a B player wants to improve. An A player knows he's improving. He knows it because he shows up and he's doing the work and he's going inside all the time. He's figuring out, he's figuring out little games that he can play with himself to raise his standards, to raise his results, to, push himself faster and further. B players, they're trying to figure all that stuff out. And they're not really clear on it. And they're not even sure if they really want to do it. And they're just kind of settling. And they kind of, they're waffling back and forth on whether they should grow or whether they should stay. C players, they just don't, they're a little bit checked out. They're like, I'm, there's no point. They'll say something like, there's no point in trying. Or I'm just going to drift back here. And they're dead weight is what they are. 
Okay, they're absolute dead weight. But again, I was a C player and I could change to an A player, so anybody can do it. I don't want that to discourage anybody. I want you know my brother is a great example. I have three brothers. My youngest brother is a rock star at sales. Like I mean, this guy, he has a special gift for the sales process. He understands people. He's a great listener. Um, he's and he's obsessed with his craft. Okay, and I've had I was having this conversation about A players, B players, and C players with him. And for context, um, like during COVID, I can't remember how many cars it was exactly, but during COVID, he was a car salesman and he sold like over 240 cars in a year during COVID. And he was in some small little podonk town, okay? Amazing. And he's in a company now, I won't go into the details of that, but he's literally pulling and doing more than like the entire team as an individual. He, he accounts for like 30% of the revenue for the entire team. <laughs> okay. So I'm sharing all this because what he, the things that he does to drive himself to higher levels, I do very similar things. It's in both of us. And we, we talked about this recently. A players are going to find games to play with themselves, just like I did from, to go from the 12-mile ruck from four down to one and a half. You're going to find ways to self-motivate, inspire yourself, and you're going to track and measure your progress. And not only that, you want the B players to rise up and compete with you. You're going to tell, you will tell every single person around you what you're doing and how you're doing it so that they will compete with you because you know it'll drive you to a higher level of performance. <laughs> Mic drop. Amen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to follow that up. But um, but no, you're absolutely right. That's um, and th those people are. I I can just think of similar people. Is why I'm over here like smirking. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know the people can't see, but I uh, you see that in life too. It's like a players. What was I about to say? They don't have a problem with winning. You know, some people nowadays have a problem with winning almost, or they use it as an excuse to take their foot off the gas. Here. You know, like I've reached the top of my game. I, I, I sold more cars than everybody else in the company this year. So, yeah. um, you know, but if they sold more cars by August than September through the December, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. You know, I already hit my quota. A players don't do that shit. Yeah. Here's some other examples of a player shit. Um, an a player is not, a, it, an a player is not afraid to tell you that they're an a player. But they're not going to run around trying to convince everybody that they are one. It's an identity to them. Mm -hmm. Right? If I say, like I asked my brother, I was like, uh, what do you see yourself as? Are you an A player, B player, or C player? He just looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, and I was like, what are you? And I was just trying to create a, you know, a line of questions to create a conversation. <laughs> And he was like, looking at me like I was completely dumb. He's like, A player, bro. What the hell what kind of question is that? <laughs> I was like, it was funny the way he answered, right? So, but they're also, you know, they're not running around trying to tell everybody, yeah, man, I'm going to be an A player. I'm an A player, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's B player mentality. So another fun fact about, here's a comment that an A player made to me one time that really put winning into perspective, and to your point. Imagine this scenario. You're walking down the street with a friend. Okay. And I watched an A player go through this hypothetical and I watched him give an answer. And I want you to think about this situation. You give it an answer that comes to you. Um, you're walking down the street with a friend and 
there's not there's nobody out there on the road. It's just you and him walking down the street. And you guys walk down and you see $100 laying on the side of the road. But it's spread up into dollar bills. Okay? Seeing a bunch of singles or something like that. But it's about 100 bucks. All right? And you guys start... Actually, no. It wasn't, a, it wasn't all singles. It was... Uh, yeah, it was a $100 bill. Okay, so a $100 bill is laying there. You guys are walking down the road. You guys see it. There's you and your friend. You see it first. What do you do with the money? Who, basically the question is, in other words, who gets how much and why? What is your answer, Justin? That's a tough hypothetical. I think my answer is either, it's either 50-50 or it's, Neither one of us. Okay. So I'm gonna pick. So I'm gonna pick it up, and I'm gonna go. F- Seriously, what I would do in that situation is I'd pick it up, and I'd be like, "Let's go get food," and I would use that as a tip because I just love doing shit like that. So <laughs> that question was asked to a class that I was in, and a- an A player stood up, and he said he gave his answer. They said, "Hey, what do you think?" And he's like, "It's a hundred bucks on the ground. I'm with a friend, and I see it first. He's like, "What do I do with it?" He's like, "It's mine." cold as hell just like that it's mine and he's like i saw it first it's mine that's a freaking cleaner mentality that's a michael gordon <laughs> mentality yeah now i'm not saying all players would have the same answer that's not what i'm saying there's there's mm-hmm. different personalities and different things that go into that scenario but what i'm trying to convey is an a player mentality where they when they see a chance to win they want to win right I, I went through that scenario in my head and I was like, well, I would probably look around to see if there's somebody that it belongs to, you know, and I was thinking of an answer like that. I was like, well, if I can't find anybody that belongs to, maybe we'll just do, we'll just go 50 50 because that's fair, whatever. And then it made me audit myself when it comes to winning. I was like, dang, man, am I not aggressive enough when it comes to, men- to winning? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but without, you know, picking apart that story, my point is, is that mentality. A winner loves to win, an A player loves to win. They're looking for a way to put themselves out front, get the little victory. I'll give one more small little example and then we'll wrap it up and um, or go into the next segment, whichever you want to do. A few years ago, I was at the jujitsu gym. We're going to talk about a little here about a player mentality. So for some reason, we got uh, put paired up to like into teams or something like that. I can't remember what the situation was exactly, but the instructor wanted us to play rock, paper, scissors to f- declare a winner and then organize us a certain way. I can't remember the specifics, but I remember we needed to play rock, paper, scissors at jujitsu. Okay. Yes. As you do. And, um, I went over to this group and he's like, for some reason I had to go against two people and play rock, paper, scissors against two people at the same time. <laughs> okay. So it was a one, two, three shoot against three, you know, three competitors playing rock, paper, scissors. I went over there, one, two, three, shoot, and it was a one-for-one type of situation where you win once and you win at all. It wasn't like two out of three or anything like that. I shot, and I beat both of them at the same time. Okay? I have, like, resonated. I have uh, basked in that victory for years. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay? Because <laughs> I love it so much. How many people do you know in the world that have beat two people at the same time with rock, paper, scissors? Not very many people. All right? And I love at least winning. one. I love winning <laughs> that much, man. So my, my point is with that is a player mentality. A B player probably wouldn't even give a shit about that. Um, but, right. <laughs> but you're always looking for ways to keep winning, you know? <laughs> now that, that I can relate to a little bit more too. Like I fucking love winning, man. I just, yeah. Like, and, and I do that type of thing a lot too, where it can be like the dumbest shit, like this little game, like Justin, who cares? Like something I've, I've been doing for, over a year now i guess but i play those stupid goddamn iphone games with my friends like the little pool and the darts and shit that's my thing that i take way too seriously with one of my buddies i'll be like texting him at it'll be midnight and i'll be like bro i almost have 400 wins in eight ball and he has like three wins because he doesn't care it's eight ball on the iphone and i'm like i'm gonna get this 400th win tonight play the damn game um and it, I, I don't know what's so obsessive about it i i feel like everyone's like that though like you, every, every, my friends have to stop me every once in a while and be like listen bro yeah you know it's it's eight ball on your iphone yeah, yeah, yeah. you know or it's or it's like the shuffleboard table at some bar or some shit <laughs> and i will i will be at home on my computer at two in the morning like googling how to kill everyone and shuffleboard yeah, right don't yeah, give know. a shit about shuffleboard yeah so that's, that's a good point though too is that um you know it doesn't matter what game it is an a player loves to compete they don't necessarily win every time like i you know i've, I've lost so much like i i can't tell you how no but they time. fucking want to that's the point yeah man so those are some key factors between a players b players and c players and i think that the main thing to recognize is again where you kind of fit on the bell curve right now. You just look around at your life, look around, look around at your results, and you can tell exactly which type of player you are. Because A players only get A player results. B players get B player results. You know, if you get these people that they try to appear like they're an A player, but they have shitty results, there's something going on in their life where they're bullshitting you. Like they're showing up early and they're leaving late. You're like, this guy's putting in tons of work. He's an A player. But he's not getting A-player results. No, you dig into his stuff, and he's doing something. There's something's off there. He's doing something that's not congruent with those beginning and ending parts of the day. Okay? So, pretty simple uh, assessment there. And I, I want to just inspire everybody to choose which level you want to be at. You know? Choose to be the A-player and start... When you, when you make that decision, you're going to start finding those people, seeing what they do... And then you can mirror it and model it. And it's going to take time. It's going to take work. But um, that's what makes becoming an A player so hard. It's because it takes work. It's not an overnight thing. You know, mm -hmm. you have to teach yourself and work up the internal motivation. You got to work through the internal strategies to get to those outcomes. And then not only that, but then you got to figure out a way to do it in the other areas of your life. You know, it's tough. Okay. Yeah. But it's doable. There's nothing special about those A players. They don't have something that you don't. You're just choosing not to go that route. Okay? Yeah. So, go ahead, Justin. What do you got? They're committed. You know, I think uh, that's the difference with a lot of things, but that's the only thing, if anything, that A players have that you don't. It's a commitment to being an A player, and yeah. that's not anything that you can't get. Yeah. You know, you can decide at any given... Well, you can decide every morning when you wake up, you know, that I'm still committed to doing this thing. So, yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, man, it's a choice, right? Greatness is a choice. Being an A player is a choice. That's all it is. 
a choice that you got to make every single day. Okay. You might fall off. You might slip. We're not after perfection here. We're after success. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you laughed. I hope you learned. I hope you walked away mostly with a clear picture for the target that you want to hit. We went into detail heavily on what an A player is. And that's so that we create a very vivid picture of a target that you can go after. Okay. When you have clarity, you can move with certainty. All right. That is the truth in life. When you're navigating from one point to the next, if you have a roadmap to get there, you can get there. And that's what we did today on this podcast. We created that roadmap for you so you can get to your destination. All that I ask, if you enjoyed the show, do us a solid share with a friend. Until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Proud of myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.